All right, it's Thursday morning, and that means Perigo's perspective. One of the most popular features now, I can say, Lindsay, you've joined me. One of the most popular features on RCR already. How does it feel? You're back. You've returned. You're popular. How does it feel? <laughs> popular. <laughs> with the well, right crowd, with the right crowd, you know, well, not the left crowd. Yes, you had me worried there for a minute. I, I was about to say we, we shall desist forthwith if I've become popular. Remind me uh, not to say it, make those sort of comments in the future. Indeed. But it has been gratifying, the nature of the feedback. I particularly liked one which said uh, Lindsay was saying all of this 30 years ago and no one took any notice. And <laughs> Lindsay rather felt that that was the case. But yes, one is back, one has to come back. You know, I had a thing called the Politically Incorrect Show on Radio Pacific, which morphed into Radio Live. Uh, and I thought we were making headway against this sort of nonsense, what we would now call woke. But it's much worse, Paul. It really is. Yeah, look what's happened. The uh, eventual um, inheritor of those two brands went under just a few weeks ago. So you've you've outlived them. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, I'm sure that they will rear up again in some incarnation. But it was... It was galling for me at the time because I know uh, a certain individual had it in for me. He hated my being politically incorrect. The one thing he wanted to do was get rid of my show, and, and he did. So I feel a certain level of vindication that, that now I think many, many more people are seeing through all this, whereas in the past we might have just dismissed it as something hilarious and, for goodness sake, get a life. Now we can see that it's insidious, it's institutionalized, and it is a real threat to everything we've taken for granted for so long, including the freedoms that we're about to celebrate, commemorate on Anzac Day upcoming. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for uh, pointing us towards that. That's that's very it's very relevant. So what is the perspective going to take in this week, Lindsay? Well, it'll touch on what we've just uh, discussed, and particularly as it pertains to one Winston Peters and one David Seymour and our whole uh, political situation and the whole business of renaming things. But I, I shouldn't keep you in suspense. Why don't I just do it? Let it rip, Lindsay. <laughs> well, first I should say I visit Feces' book as seldom as possible. If ever one wants to know what John Keats meant by the inhuman dearth of noble natures, one need only spend time on Feces' book or Twitwitter to be numbed by the inhuman surfeit of ignoble banality and asinine prattle that silly little narcissists clutter up the platform with. Well, all of that said, the other night someone sent me a link 
to a feces book video by the ACT Party. <laughs> Against my better judgment, I clicked on it, and it amused me. It purported to show that Winston Peters was not to be trusted. Well, that was news. Walls are perpendicular. Bears defecate in the woods. Winston Peters is not to be trusted, really. Specifically, the video claimed that Winston was in on Jacinda Jackboot's brown supremacy agenda right from the start, in contrast to his claim that she kept that whole agenda hidden from him. Now, I don't know what Winston knew and when he knew it, but I did already know not to trust the man who enabled the worst government in our history to assume power without a mandate. Even though he's not now in Parliament, he's part of the uni party in our one-party state. But it occurred to me that if there is now to be a battle between Seymour and Peters for the votes of those who are fed up to the back teeth with woke fascist excrement, including brown supremacism, and these voters, who surely must be legion, fail to see they are both shysters, Winston might win that competition. And the same thought has obviously occurred to Seymour, hence the video. Winston is not afraid to go anti-woke if he sees votes in that. He might even renounce the global migration compact that he signed. He won't hesitate to switch place names back to English, strike down five waters, or however many it is now, restore one person, one vote, abolish the Maori seats. At least he won't hesitate to promise these things, but you can't count on him to mean any of them, and you certainly can't trust him to do any of them. Winston would no doubt join David Seymour in excoriating the deformity who wrote a poem glorifying the murder of Captain James Cook. But neither of them will stand up four square for the great things about the <coughs> colonization that came in Cook's wake. Cook is a litmus test. Woke fascists are now revilifying him, just as the fanatically anti-British Reverend Sheldon Dibble did in the mid-19th century. They'll soon be demanding that his remaining statues be taken down, precisely because he was a genius and a hero, both for the ages and among his men at the time. David Samuel, surgeon's mate on the resolution for Cook's final epic voyage, said, In every situation he stood unrivaled and alone. On him all eyes were turned. He was our leading star, which at its setting left us involved in darkness and despair. He was beloved by his people, who looked up to him as a father, and obeyed his commands with alacrity. The confidence we placed in him was unremitting. Our admiration for his great talents 
unbounded. Our esteem for his good qualities, affectionate and sincere. Now, Winston would go through the motions of ridiculing the renaming of, say, Wellington's James Cook Hotel, or the arcade from Lambton Quay leading to its lifts, were such a woke travesty to occur. Seymour has said he couldn't care less if the name of the whole country were changed to Aotearoa, as is happening anyway, with not a peep out of him. He's a globalist, not that keen on pesky nation-states. So, patriots, trust not act, and trust not New Zealand first. We need a party that is not of the uni party, a party prepared to rework the Bill of Rights and make it our principal and defining constitutional document, reworked so as to forbid its being overridden by any other legislation or at the whim of a tyrant working for Klaus Schwab, George Soros, and Bill Gates, a party prepared to enshrine and make inviolate the rights and privileges of British subjects, in return for which Maori ceded sovereignty to Queen Victoria in 1840, a party that rejects Ardern's apartheid and brown supremacism and treats all people of all skin colours as equal under the law. Hmm. Actually, just to get right up the noses of the woke fascists, perhaps it could be called the Colonial Party. I say, by Jove, capital idea, what?
Marcia with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.